Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Geek Squad. Geek Squad. Geek Squad. It's the Tuesday, the 28th of February, 2023. And it's nine minutes after seven. And on Tuesdays, as you probably already know, the Geek Squad sits here to talk about tech, its impact on society, its impact on you, and its impact on everything. Because yes, technology is the wave that's ruling the world as we know it. And with that, we're talking about the impact of social media on elections, I'm sure you probably figured that out considering what's happening in the world, specifically Ni- Africa, more specifically Nigeria, yeah, our closest English-speaking neighbours. So yeah, we want to know how social media is impacting politics, elections, so many other dynamics in that. And I'll be here with Michael Winston, the usual suspect. And as you probably heard, if you were listening to the news, Evans Mensah will be joining us as uh, our political analyst. So he'll be giving us the political point of view of things and then we'll be analysing things from the technical or the technological point of things. My name is Kobe Spike and Kroma. You're tuned in to join 99.7 FM. And don't go anywhere. If you have to, make sure that you pick up your phone, open the MyJoy Online app, open our Dome Online app, or if you can go to YouTube or you can go on Facebook, look for us. We are hashtag... Joy Geek Squad. We'll be live there as well. So if you're not chasing us on radio, you can follow us on the internet. We'll be right back after these commercials to talk about tech. <laughs> See the plenty money you are carrying this early morning. Adeyin. Mm, Charlie, he'll have you assemble. do what? As for you, you wait and listen to all the information before you start carrying money up and down like we are in 1995. The he'll have you there, it has come. But you know, MTN will always find a way to sort you out. Ah, sort me out, Jesse. Oh, so you don't know that when you transfer money between your personal accounts, cash in and cash out at agent points, buy airtime or data, pay bills, receive remittance from abroad, or even pay taxes, there are no e-levy charges? Hey, we are sure. Listen, there are a number of transactions you can perform with your MTM Momo that are not affected by the e-levy tax rule. Hmm. And there's even more, cra. Remember your first 100 Ghana City transfer for the day. It's free too. Hey, not me anymore. <laughs> now, dear, you know. 
There are a number of transactions you can perform with your MTN Mumu that are not affected by the e-levy tax. So keep enjoying the security and convenience with MTN Mumu and make payments on the go with MTN Mumu. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 said earlier the show was geek squad and it's a tech show we like to break down technology and bring it closer to you wherever you are in your car at home in school in your bed wherever you can follow us on twitter with a hashtag hashtag joy geek squad you can follow us on telegram we have a group there just type in your browser t.me slash joy geek squad will come up or you can just search hashtag joy geek squad or you can find any of our older episodes on Facebook, on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, every podcast platform. Just Google search with the hashtag JoyGeekSquad. We're there. So today, as I mentioned, we're talking about the impact of social media on elections. We're analyzing what's happening and we'll definitely be drawing some things that are happening in. We'll be referencing some things happening in Nigeria since that's the very immediate elections happening <laughs> and you've probably seen you're probably following the nigerian elections on social media because where else you don't have nigerian tv if you do it's probably illegal <laughs> so yes winston michael hi Greetings. Hello, listeners. yeah and viewers. yeah hello listeners and viewers michael have you ever voted have i ever voted yeah I mean, on online polls or mini elections. Elections, of course, I'm talking about elections. <laughs> I've done both, yes. Winston, have you ever voted? No, I have not. Eh? Why? Are you not of age? Because the interesting thing is that I actually do peruse the manifestos, and none of them ever seem, seem satisfactory. None ah. of the candidates. Yeah, so I, I don't particularly believe in um, choosing the lesser of two evils per se especially when it comes to a manifesto, because I feel like at the end of the day, posits the good thing. Why do we have to choose between two mm-hmm. evils when we could have 
two great things that we are well, picking the better. only two political parties. Yeah, I mean, I've had, so I watched the debates and stuff like that. And I'm not impressed because this is just a loath, uh, my personal take. There's this, I have this saying that any form of social intervention that comes wrapped in a manifesto is never going to do well. Interesting. And most of these manifestos come tailored with a lot of social intervention things and I'm like nah nah so well to the listeners out there who are Winston's or Michael's <laughs> we're, we're discussing how social media impacts elections and whether you like it or not social media and politics are inseparable and it's because a lot of political discourse happens on platforms like Twitter and over the years we've seen um, like the U.S. consume a lot of political news via you via social media. We've seen that happen in Ghana. We're seeing that happen in Nigeria. And I was on a Twitter space yesterday that had been going on for three days, where they were analyzing the whole um, election. And you have debates going on on social media. You have fundraisers going on on social media. You have fact checking going on on social media because it's a it's very likely that in, in, in a circumstance like that, people would start to spread fake news. Oh, there's, there's violence here. You know, so you need someone on the ground. What better way than having someone on the ground sending pictures saying that, hey, I'm here. Said violence is not happening as, as is being, you know, reported. Um, reported on social media. So every candidate considers the stakes high on social media. So rather than they wait for stories to be published, the politicians themselves break their news on social media. We've seen our very, very, very famous, or should I say infamous, Donald J. Trump. Yeah, I think the utilize, word is, is, is infamous. Yeah. <laughs> utilize social media to Very interestingly. <laughs> like he used it. He is a case study yeah. of sorts. Because clearly we, we've all been, um, we've all we've all been witnesses to the fact that it, Donald J. Trump won the elections by via social media. Yes, yes, yes. Right or wrong? Yes. <sighs> so now, really, the question is: How are politicians navigating social media? How are we, the people who are going to do the voting? navigating social media how are we consuming social media and how does social media really impact the elections and we will have evans join us he's currently on tv he left radio going on tv and he's coming back to geek squad so you understand how our work our work works (laughs) but in the interim michael and i and winston michael winston and i will analyze it i find it very interesting that winston who's never voted would have an opinion on this. In have an opinion on defense, what? He is very interested in data. Well, and how it affects yeah. basically human lives, which is essentially that's what elections are at the end. <laughs> yes, like, yes. So one to two day exercises of mass data move, uh, movement and analysis and yeah. results giving. I mean, elections are an extreme sentiment analysis that the effects of which are felt immediately after the data is collated. So that that in itself is extremely interesting. Mm. I mean, cool. It, immediately is a strong word, but yeah. I, guess I mean, it is immediate after they announced the the winner. The, no. We are moving. Where 
<laughs> where okay data had i mean they, they went to court that's, that's happened only twice <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say okay it's happened only successfully once mm. and it's the idea has been thrown out there twice so let me ask you michael first then you winston do you honestly think that social media has transformed political campaigns absolutely the campaigns themselves absolutely hmm. now, do you think it has an effect yeah um using the nigerian elections mm-hmm. you can even use what happened with peter obi's campaign right as a immediate past a uh, quick example to look at it was largely based off social media people wanted it you can even trace it back somebody even trace it back to the nsars movement mm-hmm. way back, mm-hmm. which was one would call it our west african arab spring and you can trace as far back as there where at least things literally spawned off the back of social media and became an, a force on their own. And right now, forget, Nigeria's social media population is bigger than the entire population of Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> All together. So you can tell that it's going to have a huge impact there, things that go on online. Right. And in this case, a campaign for essentially calling for change yeah and now someone came out like i am that voice for change i am here i hear you would you give me your votes and it spirals from there now we we all saw the peter Peter campaign spiral and yes he's doing traditional campaigning in on the ground going around seeing people as he should but a lot of it's also being done online and in um marketing we have some things when it comes to media and advertising there are three broad types Mm. there's media you own media you pay for and media you are you earn right obviously media you own yeah is the normal thing media you earn advertisements things online then the most difficult but the most coveted is media that is in where people then give you the attention give you their platform speak on your behalf it's not always for the good. It's not always for your good. But it's the fact is, people give you the attention. Social media, the most important thing is people's attention, for good or for ill. So Peter Obi had that, or even you can say has it, and people are talking about him. Not necessarily, not always in his favor, but the fact they're talking about him means that he's seen. And mm-hmm. then that can easily translate to more people seeing him and deciding, you know what, I might give this candidate a try yeah. let me vote for him he's not someone i've seen before i didn't see his traditional campaigns but i've seen it online right now maybe he's what i want so yeah the impact is very strong and that's an example recently right now there's this has been going on for years now hmm. now i would like to you know corroborate your statement because i actively try to avoid any kind of politics and so i I really tried to stay away from anything because I wanted to see the like what what would spring out to me, for lack of a better term, to describe the 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 situation. But I only knew about Peter Obi. I didn't hear from anyone. I didn't read from anywhere. It just sprang out to me on social media, and that was the only name I knew about in the Nigerian election up until yesterday. I never paid attention to any other candidates. I never lent my ears. I never went reading. But some way, somehow, I was following a a thread, and then Peter Obi came up, and I'm like, oh, hmm. he's a candidate. And as you said, everything that he stood for suddenly started reaching me. 
when I didn't go searching. So whoever is in charge of Pitobi's social media campaign did a splendid job for someone like me who knows nothing about the election to hear and find out or passively learn about Peter Obi, not even actively, very passively learn about him is very interesting. Credit goes as well to Peter Obi himself. Hmm. The message that people are taking from him, because that's the thing with end media, but once your media is end, people give you willingly mm-hmm. give you their attention and speak on your behalf that is it you've essentially hit is the opposite what well, one would call the opposite or no let me, no, let me, no let me take it back it's not the opposite an effect we usually hear of in this in more recent times is being cancelled but it's essentially the same <laughs> thing which ironically people say you're cancelling someone and then rather than the person's persona or even Notoriety going yeah. away from the internet. Everyone is now talking about the person. Uh, notoriety has increased. Hmm. It's essentially it is the same thing, for good or for ill. The person has earned your attention, and more importantly, your willingness to speak about them, mm-hmm. or even on, in some cases to them. Because when they start mentioning you, then that's when your mentions start exploding. But the thing is, you are the, the fo- attention focus, and for good or for ill, this is what happens. Hey, you're even, you're even reaching for a scene in threats. Our car group, mm-hmm. now we share. He's been mentioned in there a few times, even before the election. None of his rivals have been mentioned, if maybe once in a while as a quick joke or mm-hmm. as a video. But most of the time, he's in there, of course, for a resident Nigerian speaking on his <laughs> behalf. Or sometimes not even him, other people referencing. Yeah. Yeah. We are more concerned as to whose car is leaking the most oil, not necessarily a political campaign. Winston. Yeah. So, yeah, same. How do you think social media has transformed political campaigns and elections? I think there's a very... So, since Michael has talked about the positive, I think it only makes sense for me to dive into the the other side. So, the interesting thing about social media, which is what everybody... People who are listening, listeners, I'm sure you've heard the word, the algorithm. The algorithm mm-hmm. has done this. Now, so basically, the algorithm is just a, a software, uh, a line of code. And in this case, what this algorithm is supposed to do is feed you more of what you want mm-hmm. or what you like mm. or what they think you like because of your connections, where be it your friends on Facebook or the people you follow on Instagram. or So... Using you as an example, the, the the reason you probably saw Peter Obi was because of the people you follow, the, the your follow your followers, or or even the people you are following mm. on Twitter. That's why it came into view, and then that in itself posits the problem of um, a bias. Mm. It does create a bias because you are being fed what like. someone thinks you like, and since you never got someone thinks I like or what I actually like because it's influenced based on by your tr- my, yeah, yeah, based on your trends. Mm-hmm. Yes, it presumes that you like this. But I mean, in truth, you would also like to know everybody else, mm. wouldn't you? So that you can no. make no, so that you make your own <laughs> choice. It's if it, sometimes it feels like the choice has been made for you. Mm. So that's when it's like you are feeding into the bias, and people like to say that oh, I go out of my way to uh, explore other things but there's something called bias reinforcement right which is where you go out to go and look for more information to use this as a buttress point for your choice mm. so 
social media you would eventually find more things that you favor because the internet the, is yes, essentially geared towards <laughs> to feed you everything that you yeah. like so it's going to be a, i mean how many people are going to ex- go extremely like extreme like take a whole new phone and <laughs> and start doing their searches right. from that. Not not a lot of people. That that's asking too much. Even asking people to use incognito mode to do some of these searches, it's a bit much. Mm. And to me, my personal experiences, like for instance, I use the YouTube app on my TV, and I know for sure that it's picking off of my IP address because certain things I've watched on my TV without ever connecting my phone to my TV because I make sure I don't do that so there's a separation. I find some of those videos on my phone mm. and I haven't even bothered to look at But it's like, you use the IP address. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that. And I was like, okay, if it's the same IP address, it's the same household, mm-hmm. they must like the same things. <laughs> so here you go. Here you go. So that, that's the only downside or one of the few downsides to... Mm. Um, to this entire thing for me because right. it's like you are reinforcing biases and we would like to welcome yes we'd like to welcome evans <laughs> our, our newly inducted geek hi evans hey Tom. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the bits and bites yeah man of joy fm by the way what's bits and bites don't mind me <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so i mean you probably already know what we're discussing we're discussing social, the impact of, course, of, course. of social media on elections and i was just asking the the squad how social media has transformed political campaigns and elections. Michael talking about Michael Care to summarize. I think I know what he was talking about. Okay, shoot. <laughs> let's let's we I'd really like to hear He this. was making the point that it's such an important tool. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? Not not too far. Ah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, can you far. guess what Winston was also thinking about? Um something along the lines of yeah, yeah, same, right? <laughs> he was very, very on the opposite side. Yeah, I oh, that it's not, it's not important. Not that, that it's not an important. Exaggerated to, No, that it can exacerbate certain tendencies. Certain biases, biases can be fueled due to the existence of, like, let, let's say for instance, mm. I cry here with the most. Excuse me, I'm just. This is just a shot in the dark. I'm not taking shots at anybody, but I cry with the. I feel like a lot of people in Accra use Twitter, mm. right? Would you like to know the number of social media users in Ghana as of this year? How many? About 20%. A little under 20%. 19 point something. The entire country? Yeah, the entire country. That's small. That's that's small. Like Michael said, that's Mm. less than the entire (coughs) social media. I mean, Ghana's population is less than the the social media (laughs) using population of Nigeria. Nigeria, But when it comes to like certain... uh, politics on uh, social media in mm-hmm. Ghana. Like, the people, as we date Twitter, we feel like we will know everything we they have. Like we are making the decision. Yeah, but, but come on, that's, that's, that's not the case. That's a drop in the ocean. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah because it's, there are a lot of Winstons on there who are not voting. We're just talking. Come on, bro. <laughs> I mean, I had to. <laughs> no, but I, th- I think that's that's the biggest challenge with with this. And but but they, I, I I need to side with him. I also agree with you that it sort of amplifies pre-existing stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But then also uh, they it, it can also trick you. That is, if you are the candidate in, in question. Mm-hmm. Except that the the Barack Obama and Peter Obi phenomenon have taught us that there are times when. The, the social media hype meets the reality on the ground. Mm, mm. Um, but, but in Ghana, we haven't seen that yet. And I always refer, in, I think in my life, that possibly the most effective social media mobilization has been fixed the country. Mm. 
Mm. And there was a time when they had to translate this, the Twitter numbers, the hashtag numbers to the streets, and they could not um, because they went to the streets and the numbers mm. didn't yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and so then you look at it and, and think that, okay, so when you ride on social media in an election, will that same group, the numbers, that the trending that you see, there's several thousands of people, sometimes even millions of yeah. people, will they vote when yeah. it comes to it? Obama t- t- showed us that it's possible, right? And Peter Obi is showing that it's possible also in Nigeria. Mm. Because as we speak right now, he's become a third force. There, there was never a third force in Nigeria until Peter Obi showed up. And Peter Obi's phenomenon is a pure social media phenomenon. Mm-hmm. They have a group of people called the Coconut Head Generation. Mm. They call themselves proudly Coconut Head. Those are the guys behind NSAS. Mm-hmm. They mobilized thousands of young people onto the street, forced the Nigerian security system to just disband um, SARS, mm. right? And that same group of people, when they caught on to Peter Obi, used social media to galvanize support for him. And so, in fact, you'll be bold, you'll be a very bold, daring guy to go onto Twitter and go and challenge Peter Obi. They will, mm. they will just eat you alive. <laughs> right? And, and it, it is almost as if it's that they, they, were, they were doing what I call the um, social media lynching. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Immediately you say something, you'll be lynched. On social media, you dare not say anything about him. And then there was also the other group. So the two different groups, social media group, there's a coconut head generation. And they call them coconut head generation because thick heads, mm-hmm. young people, we don't fear Foucault, Charlie, we, <laughs> we don't listen, we just they destroy the um, you know, status quo. And then there was the obedience. Oh. The o- obedience, you know, obi, yeah, And they were proudly calling themselves obedience. And they were again on all mobilized on social media. He's won Abuja today. Mm. Never happened before. He didn't only win, he won it by a landslide. Wow. Right? Never happened in Nigerian politics. He's won Lagos also, two of the biggest cities. Wow. And, 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 and that sh- tells you that the social media phenomenon, Nigeria is, Nigeria is showing us that in, well, Obama showed us a long time ago, yeah. mm. but many said in, in, in Africa, People are, they like to be Twitter warriors. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, and let's go on to the street. Charlie, I want to stay in my room, get my data, <laughs> and, and do a hashtag. And But OB is showing us that he can move those numbers to vote for him. That is why I, I believe it's such a powerful tool now. Mm. And I think this OB thing going forward will really change the way that perception. And But, but the, the point he also made about the reinforcing setting. Um, it's also true. So if you go on, if you if you if you went to challenge the obedience of the coconut head generation on Twitter, right, and and possibly raise it, because Obi is a Christian in Nigeria, they, 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 the the religious thing was 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 deep. He's a Christian, mm. he's a Muslim, and so that was always used yeah. against him. And said, oh, the Muslim North will not vote for him, and most of the south southern part. And it, and and if you go on there, and you try to sort of use bring that up. The way they will come at you, it's mm. what people have criticized. But then again, I'm thinking, but even if you take away the social media thing and you're just doing normal campaigning, isn't that the same? Yeah. Because if yeah. you dare go to um, an MPP rally and go and say NDC to win, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Or, or go to a Bamiya rally and go and say, Ah, Bama, you cry, you, you, are, you, are, you, are, not a, you are not a Christian. Mm. Right? You, you are asking for trouble. Yeah. 
So I, I, I think it's not okay. That's the social media just amplifies it, but it means that it's already there. Yeah. The social media just makes it. It's a very powerful tool, actually. And if I ever go into politics, but I'll never do. Probably, I'll probably <laughs> Ayo, run no my campaign. I write campaign entirely on social media. <laughs> but don't sure. say that, though. I mean, I mean, you never know. No, mm. I would no, never. No, know. I ne- never, never know. Well, you see, it's it's very interesting that he mentions this, and I like the fact that he likened it to the. Uh, um, fix the country demonstration. Shout outs to Papi Rapid <laughs> for one of the few people who actually went for the demonstration. Oh, he went? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's what we need to do, man. We took transferring that social media, Twitter savvy guys like mm. you who you know how to do the thing, transferring those numbers to the street and to votes. Mm. That's the only way that social media gets to bring our change, man. There was an anecdote during the fix of the country movement mm-hmm. where people were trying to troop in and go. And the people were saying, so, oh, how they are talking about it with the tax drivers and trust the other one. And it's like, we've never heard of this thing before. Mm. Like, I know that I've organized my day and I've gone with you. And that oh, is okay. the problem that, especially here, that social media has, especially politics, is that the people treat it as a separate thing. Mm-hmm. There's no, and like one way to saying that I think that it is like a cry we did. Meanwhile, I think it's the be your end of everything. Meanwhile, Nobody knows beyond your for for the last mile. That's it. Right. But but then I have a question, and I think Eugene, you might be the best person to answer this. Do you think I, I hate to bring classism into this, mm-hmm. but do you think that because largely I think it's the middle class, middle to upper classes that tend to be on certain social media, social media yeah. platforms. I mean, Facebook is open to almost, or I presume many people. It's become more ubiquitous. More ubiquitous, but I feel like the Twitters where. I mean, no matter how we like to dress it, Twitter has become the new cultural ground for conversations about any and all things. Mm. And it's setting the trends, whether I like it or not. Do you think that that's the reason why the translation... In Ghana, the translation is not happening? Because in Nigeria, I feel like across there, there's a more representative spread of those who use these social media platforms as opposed to in Ghana, where it feels a bit more niche based that's a perfect example that everyone's helping remember mm-hmm. this uh, um two administrations ago yeah what protest was it that was hap- that was happening on the independence avenue that went to flags uh, the jubilee, sorry, house. jubilee house jubilee house and then the police yeah is it that that, that, yeah. that one yeah but then they were stopped just outside jubilee house and eventually the people came to meet them yes that that would be um uh that would be occupied occupied yes, occupied uh, flagstaff house yes mm. that occupied flagstaff house do you remember that there was a comment that was passed or someone who saw the occupied flagstaff yes. house and like everyone was caught on twitter was huge like oh yeah occupied flagstaff house let's go there and have this thing and then this person saw it and i was like ah is that it you, you're right there's a, there's a minister yeah, um, who passed the comment that it, it saw? It makes it some outrageous mm-hmm. yeah. small number. Some, some, some small yeah. number because like, like because when you saw the applica- amplification online, it's like, oh, this thing is going to be big. And this was just after the Arab Spring, so you're expecting yeah. something like that. Because when you talk of protests online and things like, that, you see that the streets are filled. Oh, yeah. So I think, oh yeah, oh man, these people are really, really hot and talking about this thing, and they are probably talking to others. So the message gets out there, and they really get out there. It's just all they're like, hmm. No, the math is yeah, it's more, the math yeah. is in math. I remember. Hmm. So, okay. So, um, but, but, but he said something. You know, I think you also just said something that hmm. just struck me. The question he asked, I mean, you mentioned Arab Spring. I remember back I was in school, and, and interestingly, my um, 
my dissertation was on this conversation, mm. Ireland's love economics, because so, that was a time when the Arab Spring thing was 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 heavy, and social media was the main tool mm-hmm. for mobilization, and they mobilized the people to Tyre's Square. This was the Egyptian one. Mm-hmm. They were there for days, for weeks, thousands of young people, and. Then it wasn't Twitter so much as Facebook. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was more Facebook and then Twitter, of course, came in. Now, of course, Twitter, is, as he said, is, is true. And I think it, the point he makes is, is relevant. I doubt if in Ghana, the same social media too can deliver those same numbers onto the street that way we've seen. We don't in, have that prison. Uh, we don't have that population. Uh, there. But, but I guess that's the point he was making about yeah, the classes. The classes involved. Is, you know. Because, I mean, if we are being critical, I think the what we would call the low class are the numbers mm-hmm. they have the yeah, mobility the yeah they and have the yeah mobility. and they, they have the willingness to go out, go out in the sun and walk and by you you do your ac on the AC side <laughs> and chill you know at least uh, you're okay uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't go for protest today i can't get leave yeah <laughs> exactly you know yeah i wouldn't get a day off so how can i go i mean some some day people will be asking that oh do i have sunscreen <laughs> 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 so let me read a few messages so Sam Moore says, using the Niger election, yes, it has an effect, especially for Pitobi, but it only affects cosmopolitan areas such as Lagos and Abuja. But his traditional campaign is weak outside such areas where people are not mostly on social media. So he might be misled that he's that popular in the whole of Niger, which is not the case. You got to know about Pitobi because you are active on social media, but the thousands of others in Niger who are not on social media, um, social media candidates, like Peter Obi get very disappointed in the end because they think they were so popular, but it's in Cosmo areas. The same thing happens in the Brexit. The final results shock the people. And thinking an election is decided on social media is somehow delusional thinking. For some of us who have been on the ground and meet the real people, we have learned our lessons not to judge candidates by social media appeal, but to look at the entire demographic of the country. You can send your social media messages via WhatsApp on 055 quadruple 1997. We're going for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Wisdom has the news and we resume the conversation. If home is where the heart is, then let's go home, shall we? Let's go where the entertainment is, where the passion is, where the love ties, and sometimes even the tears too. Let's go where we feel safe enough to share our opinions. And send sweets. Where we do that embarrassing little dance to our favorite song. Let's go home where the love, the care, and the joy live. There's no place like home. Connect your home to super fast internet with affordable data bundles from MTN Home. Visit broadband.mtn.com.gh or your MyMTN app to sign up today. MTN.
So I'm here with the news. Uh, we'll make it super quick because this conversation is super interesting. Yeah, shut, shut. So first one, according to reports from NBC News, the New York Times and Reuters, the U.S. Marshal Service suffered a data breach and ransom attack wow, on February yeah, and on February 17th, hackers gained access to and store sensitive information related to the agency's employees and the subjects that it's investigating. U.S. Marshal. So wow. the U.S. Marshal's job is to be the security service for the judicial system. Mm-hmm. And now their data, some of their data has been breached. Uh, thankfully, the witness protection program data was not breached, but they've gotten all the other information on their employees, some of the cases that are being tried, some of the ident- very identifiable information around all the people involved. Very interesting. In. That is super interesting. Uh, next in the news, Nokia reveals new logo to remind you it doesn't make phones anymore. Now, Nokia is a Finnish telecom company, but it sold its mobile phone production rights to Microsoft in 2014. We all know how that ended. But now, Nokia has actually given authorized the use of that name for a mobile device to HMD, HMD Global. So now the CEO says that he feels like people still think that they make uh, smartphones. They don't. So that's why they have changed their logo. It's the first logo redesign for the company in 60 years. So there are no Nokia. Yes. So you should have made it no Nokia. Rather than that, 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 be a, Nokia. <laughs> be a, because be. we still have Nokia phones. Well, what? yeah, so they've given the brand name to someone else to, to retail, but, the company but that so that logo will stay the same with that brand. So the but the Nokia new, phones will stay Nokia, Nokia with that with the but old the logo. Other one is Nokia, yes, some very no fancy, Nokia. yeah, <laughs> fancy. <laughs> uh, next in AI news, as always, uh, Snapchat is introducing its own AI based on the latest version of OpenAI's chat GPT, and they're calling it My AI. Now, the AI will be put at the top of your yeah. chat window in Snapchat for users to chat with. My question is, why? I was just about <laughs> asking the same question. Why? Yeah. So, thankfully, it is behind a paywall, so we don't care. Yeah. Yes. It, it, that means I have to pay to have it. Yeah. We're, and so, uh, Obviously, we won't pay. So, thank you. Uh, so, in a spooky twist, Michael, this is interesting. And, oh, um, what's our dude? Uh, Pixel. Uh, Douglas. Douglas, yes, Douglas, this news is for you in a spooky twist. So some Google Pixels are crashing after playing a specific video on YouTube as reported by Android Authority. Now, in a Reddit thread, some users reports running into issues with their Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro, Pixel 6, Pixel 6 Pro, and Pixel 6a phones. And the video in question is a two-year-old scene from the classic sci-fi horror film, Alien that's available in 4K HDR on YouTube. What? So if you are daring, you can go and look for the video. And people Where said, that, <laughs> people said that when they watched the video, their phones automatically rebooted, and some people even lost uh, telecom connection. Wow! After that, they had to reboot their devices several times to be able we to get. Alone. We are not alone. <laughs> that was very interesting. Um, next, Netflix is lowering prices in dozens of countries. Is Ghana included? Um, this is very interesting. Now, the news is saying that not in the U.S., but I know my Netflix is in the U.S., and Netflix actually asked me that they were going to upgrade my package but keep the price the same. So they gave me full 4K HDR, but for the same price as 1080p. So that was very interesting. So I don't know why they are saying the U.S. is not part. Well, you didn't get a discount. You just got a bump. Yeah, so no. So I could have chosen to keep my plan, but they'll drop the price. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was very interesting. But they know you won't choose. To be... To be fair, continue. Yeah, <laughs> 4K. Yeah, 4K is three gigabytes per hour. 
Anyway, uh, so there there have been some price cuts for, but apparently the U.S. is not part. Sometimes in, uh, so they are saying that they are uh, Middle East, Asia, Africa, and parts of Europe uh, where these price cuts mm. are happening. I guess Netflix needs money. So yeah, money. Uh, in Meta News, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> says Meta now has a team building AI tools and personas. Zuckerberg says the company is building AI-powered tools for WhatsApp, Messenger, and Instagram. <laughs> Meta now has a team dedicated to building tools powered by artificial intelligence. CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced in a post on Monday, this could eventually include AI personas designed to help people in various ways in addition to new AI tools across this app. Do we need this? Absolutely. Well, this is the most ubiquitous social media platform, so... Yeah, we need it. Snapchat, yeah. What are we using AI for in Snapchat? Okay. Like, to go and ask it which filter to use. Yeah. Put your head on my shoulder. Oh, a key thing about the Snapchat thing is that they took away some of the capabilities of ChatGPT in their My AI. Mm. So you can't take it to class and let it write your exam for you or ask it questions from your exam. We still don't care about it. Yeah, Snapchat. so that's the news. Let's keep going. Yes, and today's tech jargon buster is cookies. Nope, not the chocolate chip cookie that you're probably enjoying. Or the personality. Or the personality cookie tea. <laughs> yeah. Cookies are pieces of information that a website can save in your browser. So are cookies bad? No. Cookies are essential to the operation of the web as we know it and used for many useful, helpful things. However, cookies can also be used for things some people don't like, such as third-party tracking and adverts that seem to follow you around the web. So... If you see that you went to that website that you are looking about at some things that are very personal, next thing you know, all the adverts are showing those things. It was your cookies. You left a cookie trail and they followed it. Those ads, uh, naughty ads. Uh, very good information. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so anytime I go to a website, mm. then do something pop up and say, okay, accept click okay, yeah, yeah, accept all cookies. cookies yeah. Yeah. So if you accept, then you so, are accepted that they should know you. Okay. And all the information individual. that you've so, so brought So, question there. is, is it good if I say okay? Well, the it's truth bad. It's not bad, and the truth is, they what they do is they limit your access to the site if you say no. Uh, yeah, access so to whatever data that is that, is that you want. So, so I suspect that. So most often, than not, if the site is really important, I just click Allow, there, yeah, okay, yeah, and move cool. on. Mm-hmm. But sh- should I just do that, or I should always? If the well, what is the advice? What is the first advice? of all, it depends on the website you're going, going to. <laughs> okay. If Cookies are bad if we have sort of taken this conversation into cookies, but let's just wrap no, it up. No, but it ties into the social media thing. Indeed, with yes. it does. So if you go on a website like eBay or okay. Amazon, a shopping website, and you go and search for shaving cream, you'd notice that because you accepted that Amazon or eBay should look at your cookies, now all other ads on the internet that are fed, you know, from like Google and the rest, who know where you came from, because of your cookies, are now going to say, okay, he came from this website looking at shaving cream. Let's show him more options in shaving mm. cream. So if you did a search on Peter Obi, yes. <laughs> there's a high possibility that you all see. his campaign ads will start following you on the internet. Yeah. Wow. And you start seeing which then ties into our conversation. Yeah. So a very perfect segue into our Cambridge Analytica slash <laughs> demographic analysis and psychographic targeted ads. So... You know the same Cambridge Analytica yeah, yeah, of course, right? Where, you know, people were taking tests on Facebook specifically about themselves. And all that information was being collected, mined, and used to target said individuals who took part in these polls with ads. Ads that were perfectly targeted to influence their decision. Because by taking that, you know, poll, 
they know you now because they asked you a series of questions that was eventually building a persona about you. The most interesting thing about Cambridge Analytica's work was that after what they'd collated and their profiles they'd drawn up, they had, they said, a minimum of 250 data points per U.S. citizen. And when, I, when they say data points in this situation, it means that name is one data point. Age is one. That means 50. Yes. Your best friend said that you know 250 <laughs> things. Wow. If, if, if you ask Cambridge Analytica right now, what you would have for dinner tomorrow, I'm sure they could you. guess <laughs> because <laughs> predictive analysis. Oh, wow. Was yeah. it was that AI? So then I think yeah, it, it was data. Learning. It was machine it was, learning, and yeah, data analysis, data analysis, and then yeah. if they had a, a good system, they could just feed that data. It would. And so what did you do with that data? Was you know that's what they. So did. that's what um, allegedly Donald Trump, Brad Donald Trump, <laughs> used in his campaign because they knew the American people so well. So they knew how to, like he says, psychographic. They knew how to skew their decision making through psychological attacks. Because if I have two hundred and fifty data points on you, I know you. Wow. Why are you and, going? And, and, and especially in political words, I know what scares you. Yeah. Yes. What so, you don't want. Yeah. Yes. So I start feeding into you that news about that. that yeah, that it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. Super. That, that news that that these are the things. If you, that you vote need, for yeah. this guy, yeah. Yeah. this you thing that you don't want to happen yeah. will yeah. happen. I mean, same thing. I'm not saying it directly. Yeah. Mm. Cambridge Analytica did same with Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. they did the same that's, thing yeah, with Brexit, and now, Brexit. Yeah, uh, so so that's why people say that if they do another referendum, possibly yes, the mm-hmm. d- decision will be different. Without Cambridge Analytica, yeah, maybe they yeah, because what they fed into was the whole immigration situation, where the certain uh, British people felt like wow. their jobs were being taken away. So many people, when you ask them about Brexit, the whole notion was that. Yeah, we want to keep our jobs. We want to keep our jobs, which is quite funny because America too. That's also one of the narratives mm-hmm. that was. But, but will that work in a country like Ghana? It could <laughs> with, with only twenty percent. With only well, yeah, it, it could yes, it could affect yeah. them because they can tie that to traditional advertising or yeah, traditional like, yeah, campaigning. What's the the message you read before it went on air? Right, the person was alluding to the fact that he's always not known outside of Ebenezer because he's not connecting his campaign with those people. Like he's not going there, yeah. and that is what has been missing. And even when you look at home, uh, Occupy, Flagstaff, mm-hmm. uh, Fix the Country, there's no connection between because was that twenty percent of people online, out also, as what six uh, what do you call it? six. Million, million, six million Ghanaians online, yeah, out of a population of 33 million, right? So, that's a lot of people who don't know what's going on. If you like when you, you get forwarded messages on mm-hmm. WhatsApp, your parents see something and scares them and they forward it to you. Don't think that just because they forward it to you, the conversation stops there. I bet you now, they are, while they forward it to you, they're also talking about it physically, yes. with their friends. So, even those who are not online and seeing these mm-hmm. things are hearing it. And they're going to talk about it elsewhere because yeah. said, fear is a very powerful thing. So they hear about it, they talk about it, and then it spreads around. So even if the person has not been online, they know exactly what. And to be fair, elsewhere. WhatsApp is not counted as social media per se in the social media analytics. Why? It's not really. It's you more of a messaging. Really, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's more of a messaging app okay. than it is social media. You can only media. do a, a census on WhatsApp, but you can't necessarily get, get sentiment, analysis. sentiment analysis or even demographic analysis. Now, with the introduction of WhatsApp business, that could if, that could change a little bit. Yeah. They get some data, but you're not going to get a lot. I think that was what 
Mark was banking on when he bought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That eventually they'd be able to mine data from, from it. it. Which they will soon enough. Well, they want to copy WeChat, so <laughs> yeah. So I mean, ultimately, social media can have a broader impact if, based on the sentiments they get on social media, they're able to translate it on the ground. Mm -hmm. So if you know that, okay, by this demographic, we know the people in this area, this is what they like. Yeah. Because... I mean, that's the, we have the, 250 data points on those people. On those yeah. people, yeah, on if people in that area. So we're, we can now predict that this messaging would resonate with almost all those people. So if, I mean, Evans has an interest, and we know Evans' interest, we can project that Evan and Evans and everybody in Evans' neighborhood are probably like him. Possibly, mm -hmm. maybe 70% of the people like you. So the messaging targeted at those people would make would appeal to them and subliminally convince them otherwise but i must necessarily be on facebook or twitter mm. to be influenced or are they any no, other so that, which is why i'm saying that if you're not we can trust we can we can depend on someone who yeah, are closer to me okay, because we will talk yeah yes and then, and definitely talk and then he could influence you yeah. he could show you the video come hey, and see you. <laughs> you know, and then you see then like hey, no i don't want this yes and then and next then. thing we know yeah your mind has been changed okay. yes but but then that 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 do that the triggers another question so it how do you you the person who's being influenced see through it how do you deal with that <laughs> i mean because I mean, you know what i mean now he's told me they they gathered 200 plus data points mm -hmm. so now i know so if my friend comes to me i'm not on social media or i'm seeing the thing mm -hmm. now i'm alert okay so how do i deal with it <laughs> and, and i made a point i was asking you off air that I, i've been told that sometimes in the twitter trends can be bought yeah mm -hmm. it's fake it's it's uh, superficial yeah. yes so how do i deal with all these in a campaign you know i was actually asked this thing when the the whole issue of musicians buying views mm -hmm. came up and i'm like it's the same thing as somebody owning a provision store yeah. you go and burn the thing or bury them and come and say hey they bought everything in my store who are you lying to yeah. <laughs> you're lying to yourself mm -hmm. really so those who try to but then again if you're just going to hide it, creates the illusion of demand. That turns yeah. around to benefit you eventually. You. Because that's what most people did with SoundCloud and Spotify. Yeah. Because when you get to it, so most of these platforms, you need a certain threshold number of users and then the algorithm will just do the rest of the work for you. Mm. So they'll pay for those necessary views then the algorithm will take. So if you have a video that has 10,000 views, YouTube will most likely give it more credence and put it in front of more people than if you have a video with 100 views. Yeah. Regardless of whether it is true or not. Oh, true or not. So that's why. So, so how, do I, how do you avoid it? An electorate, <laughs> exercise on well, I'll say exercise on <laughs> and 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 be very aware. I mean, at the end of the day, you know I what do you want. A lot of fact checking, really. Yeah, you know what you want. Mm. So we are not going to. Most often, it's not here to change your mind. It's just here to influence your one-time decision making. So just do your due diligence. It's asking a lot, but just because and just be willing to accept that. If, just because it's not saying the things you want to hear doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily need to be listened to or it is automatically wrong. Mm. Sometimes because it's telling you exactly what you want to hear, oh yes, and like maybe it might not necessarily be correct. Just be a bit skeptical is what mm. I say when it comes to these sorts of things. So be a bit skeptical. This has been a very interesting conversation. Very, very. I've learned a lot. Psycho, <laughs> psychographic analysis. analysis. Thank you very much for joining us, Evans. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Thank you, Winston. It was a great conversation.
Um, yes, this has been Geek Squad. If you missed the greater part of the show, you can find it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, everywhere on the internet. Just search hashtag Joy Geek Squad. My name is Kobe Spiking Chroma. I'll catch you next week on another episode of Geek Squad. Next week is the eve of International Women's Day. We will have a woman host Geek Squad next week. Peace. <laughs> It is 8 o'clock, my 